Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And this is our sixth and our short bonus season where I'm giving you some uh, tips on how to prepare good messages, sermons, a guide to preaching, to expository preaching, in fact, working through the Bible, text itself, word by word, just like we do every day on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. If you feel God's called you in this way, then maybe I can just give you a few pointers that I've learned along the way. I do hope you find them helpful, but this is a short bonus season just to give me a little bit of preparation time before I launch off on our next major series together, which is the entire Gospel of Luke, which will be beginning in a few days. So that said, thank you for joining me. So that all said, I'll say bye for now, and I hope you enjoy today's message. Bye now. Okay, welcome back to A Guide to Expository Preaching. And in this episode, we're going to look at how we can create messages that people can follow. I wonder if you've ever listened to a message and thought, you know, that person's lost me. Maybe you've actually thought, what are, you, what are they talking about now? Well, I can guarantee that providing you've been paying attention and you still thought that way, then I can almost guarantee you that other people in the audience of the congregation will have thought something very similar. They probably will be too polite to say anything about it, but in reality, that's what they will have experienced. Unfortunately today, many people who get in the pulpit deliver rather messy messages that people cannot follow. As a result, the congregation or the audience, if it's a secular event, they get lost. Or worse yet, from a Christian point of view, the audience, the congregation, fails to get the meaning of the message, even if it's clearly stated uh, at the beginning, in which case they get what the message is meant to be, that won't have the same impact it could have had if the whole congregation had been able to stay with the speaker throughout the presentation of the message. To prevent people from getting lost, and to help a congregation follow what you're saying, it is my view and the view of most Bible experts that you need to have a clear way of developing whatever it is, the thesis, the big idea you're trying to put across. As I said last time, remember that any message must have unity. That is, it should be a discourse on really a single subject, a single big idea, we called it. But a single subject can, of course, have various parts to it. And the development of these parts should form a structure and the arrangement of those parts should form something that creates some sort of outline. Now, the common name for that process of creating that outline, the common name for it is, in fact, a sermon outline. In fact, you can purchase books and there are some very good books that will provide you a series of sermon outlines. Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher of the 19th century, he published famously published hundreds and hundreds of sermon outlines, chapter by chapter sermon outline for working through the entire Gospel of John. And I used that to do a whole series for a podcast I created about 15 years ago. So in any form of effective communication, the development and the structure of the message 
to make it clear to the audience. It needs to have, if you like, a mental roadmap, something that in their mind they can follow as hopefully they journey along with you in the message. And for the effective development of that message, there are three main ways people prepare sermon outlines. And I'd just like for us to consider a bit the development of of a sermon outline and give you the three main types that people use and that I use, and then also some sort of uh, lesser known subcategories of those as well. You see, with a message, you got to the point where you've, you've got your big idea clearly in focus and you know who your audience are going to be. The next step is to decide on the outline, the type of outline you're going to use to deliver the message to that particular group of people you're speaking to. The outline will create the way in which you will create a delivery system for getting over the main message, so to speak. Now, these are sometimes called, in theological terms, are called developments. And these are three ways, three, three, the three most common development methods in order to create an outline. So the first one I'm going to talk about for a moment is called the deductive development. In the deductive development, the idea is stated somewhere at the beginning of the message, usually placed at the end of the introduction. And then the outline that follows consists of statements and their unpacking of those statements that explain the idea, prove the idea, illustrate the idea, etc. Now, in Acts 13, Paul, the method he uses in the creation of his message was clearly a deductive one. He began with a statement, from this man's seed, according to the promise of God, promise God raised up for Israel a saviour, Jesus. So after Paul has made that main point, he then follows it. When the audience needs an explanation and the thrust of the sermon is about explaining the message of a passage of scripture, an excellent approach to use in this deductive method is that tried and trusted rule. First of all, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them and tell them what you've told them. Now, in the introduction, under this method in the introduction, although usually towards the end of the introduction, the main summary statement, the big idea statement is usually stated. And in the body of the message, the speaker then would explain the message point by point. And in conclusion, the summary statement is normally repeated and may be illustrated with a relevant real world, real life example. So another way of developing a sermon outline is the what is called the deductive development. Now, the inductive development is the opposite of the deductive development. The inductive development gives the outline first and then states the idea as the logical conclusion of that development. Now, when facing a hostile, antagonistic audience, Peter developed his method on that occasion inductively. He didn't state the conclusion of what he was saying to the end of the message because he knew if he had done that first, there would have been a hostile reaction against it. But when he finally got to the point at the end, he said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you are crucified, both Lord and Christ. So you you can see that that 
method of developing an outline is very useful when facing or speaking to a non-Christian audience or someone who might, a group of people who might be hostile to what you say or not believe what you might say. So by keeping your powder dry, as it were, and showing and explaining the problems that we all mutually face, then at the end you can present Jesus Christ as the solution. So that's the inductive development. Now, the other of the three main types is called the developmental development. Now, the developmental approach to creating a sermon outline is what its name implies. Instead of stating the thesis, the the big idea at the beginning of the message or at the end, it is actually developed bit by bit throughout the entire message. Now, in most expository messages, the outline of the message will follow the outline of the passage in its main points and subpoints. But expository messages, however, do not have to follow the outline of the passage. It's more common that they just do a verse by verse unpacking as they work through. So sometimes it will work that you'll be able to develop your argument back through doing that, but other times you won't be able to use this method if you're doing a classic expository message verse by verse through a chapter. A clear explanation of a biblical passage may be the most important contribution an expositor can make to their message at any time. And a truth correctly delivered, understood by those receiving it, carries its own application sometimes. So you don't always need to have an application when taking the uh, expository approach. Now, the pattern of this type of development is the same as the deductive development mentioned above. And there are several principles in the ways we do that. You can choose to try and prove a proposition as we work through our main section. In other words, when the audience needs that the message is proven to them, then the summary statement can be stated in the introduction and the points in the body of the message then can be proofs of the reason why the initial statement or the summary statement was true. But if what the audience, the congregation, the people in front of you, what they need is application, then that big idea summary statement should be stated in the introductions and various points in the body of the message should then be principal applications of it. And then there is the format of just completing the subject. Now, according to some, this is the most common form of development of the main core of a sermon outline. The subject, but not the entire idea, is stated in the introductions, but the major points of the passage as they move along complete the subject in the mind of the listener. Each major point is not necessarily related to the previous point, only they all tie back to the subject that by putting them all together, they will give the big picture, they will complete. Another way of unpacking summary, your big idea statement at the beginning, is to explore a problem. In the development of any summary statement or any big idea statement, questions and problems will arise in your mind and it's perfectly reasonable to use those and to pose those again in your introduction so that the people can have those sit in their mind for a little while. And then the major point of the message is to explore the adequate solutions to the uh, questions that you stated in the beginning. 
so that the main core of the message becomes the answer to the questions that you yourself may have raised. Of course, there's a danger in this one sometimes, as you may be putting up problems or objections to the gospel that people will never have heard or thought of before you spoke. And if you're unable to hold your attention, you may have actually done more harm than good by raising these objections in people's mind and then unenabling them to stick with you till you reach a point where you can present them with the solution. But in this type of exploring the problem and coming out with solutions type of presentation, the whole remainder of the message is meant to explain, defend, and then eventually apply the solution. Now, another way of looking at and unpacking the message that you've put in your uh, introduction, uh, your big idea, is to take the narrative approach. In other words, tell a story. In this approach, the whole message can be in story form. You know, we shouldn't poo-poo this. When done with insight and imagination, this can make the story of the message by turning it into a story. You are able to enable it to impact people powerfully. If done well, it's a powerful way to deliver a message. If done badly, it's a powerful way not to deliver a message. Now, like other sermons, this type of message consists of the major ideas supported by other ideas. The distance, of course, is that these points are made through the telling of a story. And it's really worth saying that stories are not just for children. Adults, well, we know they get involved in novels, TV shows, films, particularly these new uh, expanded film series. People really got drawn into the stories of them, don't they? But... Many believe that Jesus Christ was the greatest storyteller who ever lived. Jesus Christ, through most of his teaching, used parables. He was a storyteller. He is known for his parables to this day, even by people who don't know him as saviour. So never, ever undervalue the value of storytelling. So anyway, after the development of the overall main message, we need to develop all the major points, supporting points around it. Now, again, the development of any one point may differ dramatically from the point just before it or immediately following it. Again, where the audience is or what the audience needs in relation to that particular point dictates how you should approach it and how you should develop your response to it. The same types of developments that apply to the overall message should generally be used for the development of each point within it. Beyond those other kinds of developments of individual points, there are some minor ways, less popular ways of doing that. The same type of developing of outlines and developing of a sermon message, messages that apply to the overall message are used for the development of each point. Beyond those, other kinds of development of major points that are utilised include the following. Perhaps the most natural way to develop a point in a message is simply to take various subpoints in the major point and then break it down and develop each of those one by one. And this approach represents the developmental pattern of the core message. You just apply the same principle to the subcategories, the subpoints within it. 
Another way of doing it is of, of looking up the subpoints, the subcategories, is to take the implications pattern. In other words, develop the big idea through pointing out a series of implications that by nature are true because you're accepting the first major point. And then some people choose to take an invert approach to it, and it's called the contrast pattern. And this contrast pattern means that you give contrasts to the point being made, showing them in contrast of what they might mean in relation to the original point being made. And then another one is called the refutation pattern. And this breaks down the main point by taking possible objections to it and then individually refutes those possible objections point by point. Quite a useful method to use if speaking to a sceptical audience. And then, very useful within the church context, is the application pattern. The subpoints under the main point that's been made, and you've argued your thesis and hopefully proved it, you then may make the subpoints, all of them being examples of applications of the main points. Actually, as a rule, regardless of the subpoint pattern, the application, if it doesn't appear there, Generally, there should be an application, if not there, within the summary of the message itself. The purpose of the expository preacher is to confront people about themselves and the Bible. Instead of just lecturing them about the facts of the Bible, you know, dealing with the history or archaeology or just the narrative story events, a expository preacher, a good expository preacher, in a spiritual sense, can be called, in a sense, to convene the congregation a bit like a jury but not to convict the people in the scriptures not to convict Judas Peter Solomon or any of the other people or to judge them to judge them themselves but to judge themselves the standards against the bible examples of the people or against the precepts of the word of God now to, in order to make all of this flow in the mind of the person receiving it the key to working through a passage is often the transitions. The key to a clear outline is the transition between the points you're making. Transitions, Major transitions are also needed between the introduction, the main body of the message, and the summary in any application. But also between the points within the main body of your message, there needs to be transitions. The real difference, really, between amateur average speakers and really good seasoned speakers, I believe, is often their use of transitions. Inexperienced speakers tend to move from one point to another without telling the people who are listening what they are doing, and consequently the audience gets lost. There is a little bit of a case that speakers sometimes don't want to, what's the expression from the Wizard of Oz, show the structure, show the outline, reveal what's behind the curtain, so to speak. But effective speakers should never think that way. They should never forget that the primary responsibility when we preach the Word of God is to take people through with us. And if you're using an outline, then share the outline with them as they go along. An effective transition will notify your congregation that you're moving from one point to another. This will not only increase their consciousness and awareness of what you're doing, it will also give them that roadmap of where they're going 
and where they're going to get to. And now the transitions can be done in a number of different ways and it doesn't really matter which you do. One of the simplest ways is to announce clearly at the end of the big section, the introduction and at the end of the main message, announce where you've been and where you're going. But then as you move through the message, my recommendation is that also at the beginning of each point, state either the number of the point so you, you can tell people I'm going to make five points, three points. Recommendation is you shouldn't really make more than six in any one section. But you state the number of the points, or if you're less inclined to do it that way, then you can do it without numbers. A very effective transition can be made by just doing a reviewing sentence of what you have just said and announcing what you're going to say next. Of course, the transition can be made without even reviewing the last point, just making a simple announcement that either this is a new point or giving the title to the new point. And another important thing to say is, don't be afraid of repetition. Inexperienced speakers often say, you know, I don't want to repeat myself, but don't be afraid of that. It was good enough for Peter in his sermon in 2 Peter. It should be good enough for us. I love the, the old quotation where someone once said, in order to nail a truth into the mind, sometimes it requires that we hit it several times. So repetition is not to be, we should not be afraid of or avoided. It is a technique that takes into account the way God has created us and the fact that we are much more able to process information. And if we can process it and understand it, then we can apply it. Effective messages are simply messages that people can understand, obviously, but also that they can follow. And effective messages have some sort of outline structure to them. And within that development, there should be clear transitions between each section of the overall outline. In other words, the big parts of the message. And then where necessary, little transitions within the subcategories that you're talking about as well. So the development of a message, creating an outline for a message in this way, I believe is like putting a skeleton within the body of the text of what you want to say. A jellyfish is a well-known creature known for having no skeleton. But if you think about it, it moves and floats around, carried along by the currents, wherever the currents take it. But any animal with a skeleton can move by design from place to place. It can choose to go to a place of its choosing. And for us too, an effective message should have a skeleton. It should have a framework. It should have an outline. It is, if you like, I personally love the metaphor, it is a roadmap for which you can follow. It will help you greatly if you have a sermon outline and if you're only working lightly from your notes. If you have that sermon outline, you can know at any point where exactly you are on the journey you're trying to take people on. And by doing so, having that roadmap, both practically in front of you so you don't get lost to where you are in your message, and also as a way to enable you to take people with you from one spiritual destination to another and sometimes for some of the people listening to you that will t be taking them from one very dark place to a place of great joy a place of forgiveness and redemption
So, in summary, friends, effective messages are messages that people can understand and follow. They have thought through development with clear transitions from one part of the message from making one point to the next point. The development of the message is like I say, it's a skeleton, a structure. It gives the body form and shape, a framework, a roadmap to take people from one destination to another. And that destination is a spiritual destination from hopefully not knowing the Lord to knowing the Lord and being in relationship with him or from not knowing what the word of God is saying to not only knowing what this is saying but being able to apply it in their lives. So thank you for joining me today. And that my friends is that special bonus episode for today. So I do hope that you're finding it helpful particularly those of you who might be called to preach or teach or even lead Bible studies of other Christians in small groups. I hope you're finding this bonus series special and I'll be back tomorrow in part seven where we'll be thinking about how we can uh, make sure our messages have impact, a dynamic delivery, if you like. And primarily we do that by ensuring that there are messages that we give our stories, interpretations that people can not only understand but follow. So with that said, I'll say bye-bye for now and I'll see you back here again tomorrow and we'll have another special episode in this bonus season. Bye-bye for now.